Welcome to the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Of course, there aren't really any normal people, but every person has a spirituality, whether plumbers or politicians, firefighters or farmers, entrepreneurs or entertainers. I'm Matthew Bruff, pastor and author, bringing you tips, guidance, and practical advice for how to live out and keep the life in your relationship with God. You can find show notes, books, and more at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. Welcome to episode seven of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Today we have an interview with a friend of mine who is a minister in my denomination, the Presbyterian Church in Canada. His name is Jermaine Loveless, and he is the minister at First Presbyterian Church in Kenora, Ontario, which is just a small town. We talk a bunch about Kenora and that context. Um, but I just love Jermaine, and we had such a, a fun conversation. Uh, and I really appreciated him being willing to uh, share. He wouldn't be normally someone that uh, that maybe people would have heard about. Um, but uh, Jermaine originally uh, grew up in Jamaica, and uh, you'll hear his uh, his Jamaican accent on the on the show. Um, and we'll talk about the differences actually between the Jamaican context and the context of small town ministry in North America. Um, and uh, some of the surprising similarities, actually, uh, but also some big differences that are there. Uh, we recorded the episode uh, earlier this year uh, when I was just starting out recording some episodes in advance. Um, so we talk a little bit about winter, even though uh, now when this podcast is coming out, uh, it's spring and uh, moving on towards summer in uh, my part of the world. And uh, so, and we mentioned the Super Bowl in there. So, if you're wondering why it uh, why it's sounding like we're talking as though it's January, it's probably because it was. Uh, and uh, so, we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about acts of service and how acts of service can be part of spirituality, um, but also spend a bunch of time talking about devotionals and devotional reading. Uh, and then, at the end of the podcast, we end up having a really interesting conversation about what do you do when you don't feel God's presence or how do you advise someone who's saying, I just don't feel God, God's presence anymore. And so we kind of talk about that versus believing and knowing that God is with you and what the difference is there. And I think really both of us, as I kind of listen back to the interview today, um, just preparing some, some notes on it, um, I think both of us were kind of working out, like, what is it that we really think about this? And what does it mean to have feelings or receive feelings from God? Or uh, what does it mean to uh, experience the presence of God? And uh, and how important is that? Or, uh, you know, sometimes you might experience God's presence, and sometimes you might go through times when you really don't for a long time. And I explore that with a few other podcast guests as well, and those interviews are going to be coming up. Um, but I've also been really thinking these things through uh, quite a bit around the time of this interview and also afterwards, uh, just working on my next book, Let God Be Present. Um, so it kind of connects with that book as well. And this morning I was just doing some of the final edits for that book. Um, so it's almost ready to go and will be out uh Toward the end of May, beginning of June, um, for sure the ebook will be out, and uh, the paperback will probably follow a little bit after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just this kind of gives you a bit of a sneak peek into some of my thoughts about it, as well as some things that Jermaine has to say, uh, just around what it means to experience the presence of God, and 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 how should we seek after that, or is that something that we leave to God to to give us as a gift, or or how does that work? 
Um, and uh, yeah, so it kind of gives you a bit of a precursor into my book, uh, which will be out soon. Uh, I also wanted to take a moment today before getting to the interview and uh, just to let you know about some upcoming guests that I have on. Um, so I've kind of pre-recorded a bunch of interviews, um, so I, I know who's coming. So next week, we're going to have Robin McCauley, who is uh, works as a minister in the United Church, actually, the United Church of Canada. Um, she uh, works in their, uh, I think, the General Counsel's office. But um, why I wanted to talk to her, Robin and I went to seminary together um, and uh, I recently found out, just as I was starting the, the podcast, um, that she's also a metalsmith. So she she makes stuff out of metal. Um, and she's also uh, certified in training people and helping people uh, uh, walk labyrinths. And uh, I didn't even know you could be certified in that, as I mentioned in, in the interview with her. Uh, but it's a fascinating interview talking with Robin about... Uh, metalsmithing kind of as a metaphor for how God works in our lives, um, but also kind of the kinds of things that she makes um, and uh, how those have spiritual connections for her. So that's it's a really interesting interview. Uh, and uh, so you won't want to miss that. Um, in a few weeks time, so I don't think right after Robin, uh, in a few weeks time, I talked to uh, Reverend Margaret Mullen, who is the executive director at Winnipeg Inner City Missions, um, which I think I've mentioned on the show before, uh, but uh, it's one of the missions of our Presbyterian Church, and they work mostly with First Nations people uh, in their context. So we spend a bunch of time talking about uh, Native spirituality and Native culture, um, and uh, and how uh, what how, how do we respond as Christians and uh, to First Nations issues. So Margaret is a First Nations person herself and works among First Nations people in Canada. Um, so great interview with her, uh, kind of talking through some of those things. And um, so, yeah, look forward to that. That's that's coming up in a few weeks' time. Uh, in between those two interviews with uh, Robin and with Margaret, I have an interview with Steve Bell. And Steve was phenomenal to talk to, also another local person in Winnipeg, but um, quite a well-known uh, Christian musician in Canada, and uh, has won Juno Award for uh, for his music, and uh, he's just super thoughtful, and um, if you haven't heard of Steve Bell before, uh, you should go and look him up uh, and uh, and get some of his music. His music is fantastic. He's been playing for many, many years. And I got a super special treat. I'll talk about it on the interview, but you won't want to miss that interview because uh, I asked Steve if we might be able to play some of his music on the podcast, thinking he would just, you know, either say yes or no. And he was just so gracious and generous. So he he basically just said, play whatever you like of my music, just feel free. And then he said, Oh, actually, I've just recorded some music for an upcoming album that'll come out sometime in the next year, uh, or so. Why don't I just give you a copy of that? And if you want to play that on the podcast, so I've got in a couple of weeks time, we'll have the Steve Bell interview, but we'll also have a completely unreleased track of uh of a new song that uh probably not very many people have heard they might have heard it in concert i'm sure he's been playing a few things in concert maybe 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll have an, an unreleased Steve Bell track, uh, which is pretty cool. So please let people know about that episode as well. So that'll be in a couple of weeks, uh, after the episode with Robin, which is also going to be great. All right. So, uh, we'll get on to the interview with Jermaine. Okay. Welcome Jermaine. It's great to have you on the uh, podcast. It's called spirituality for normal people. And, uh, really glad you're able to join me today. Uh, Matthew, it is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me to be on, and I look forward to sharing on this pod- podcast with you. Yeah, yeah. Jermaine is um, the minister at uh, First Presbyterian Church in Kenora, Ontario. And uh, Jermaine, yeah. can tell us a little bit more about uh, about Kenora, actually, and just how you came to be there, because probably people hearing your accent are going to know that uh that you're not actually from uh Kenora from, in from Canada. Kenora. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kenora is a is a, a very small community, probably uh 30,000 people uh when it's not summer it it probably triples in the summer. It's a a, a lake a lake community surrounded by some 800 lakes and um uh, affectionately called Lake of the Woods by by those who who know it and have have been here. Um, in terms of the the, the the community, not not only the demographics. It's a it's a very interesting place because um, it's a it's an interesting mix of um, First Nations and Euro Canadians. Um, lots of uh, First Nations um, uh, groups are are here, um, and also those who uh, surround uh, who live in the probably nine or so surrounding reserves that that surround the city of Kenora it, itself um mm-hmm. in in terms of um, the whole nature of the community it's a very friendly place it's a very yeah. friendly place and that's one of the things that that kind of drew us here uh mm-hmm. it it was very people were very fl- friendly to us uh, right. mainly because you know Kenora, Kenora being very cold in the winter, a lot of people go away. M- uh, much of them go to Jamaica. And so when they, they saw us, a lot of people right away probably found out we were from Jamaica. And so we're very warm to us. And that kind of drew us here um, to, to, to start um, interfacing with the community itself. Right. Right. And, and Kenora, like I've been there many times myself because it's uh, just a couple of hours uh, drive from where I live. Yes. And, um, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Um, like the summertime, like you said, the population goes way up because there's so many people who go out there to do water sports and fishing oh, yeah. and all of that. Um, cause it's just a fantastic and beautiful place. Um, it is. Yeah, they're, they're, we're in the middle of long winter right now. <laughs> in yes. our part of the yeah. World too, so, um, <laughs> Lots of ice that. fishing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of ice fishing too. Do you do you get out and do any winter activities yourself? Oh, I I do. Um, I, I I do mostly some ice fishing with um, some members of my congregation who you know invite me out from time to time. You know, yeah, that's a couple great. Of guys. They, they they have their ice shacks out. So um, I'm sure they I, were eager to invite the Jamaican pastor to come out in the, oh, in the cold oh, yeah. winter and ice fish, right? Oh yeah, pretty much to make fun of me, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
um, <laughs> to make fun of the Jamaican man having to cut ice into, in, in to cut a hole into the ice to get a fish out. Yeah, no. that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, I'd love to hear, and I, we're going to eventually kind of come to talking about your own spiritual life and your spiritual practices in your life. But I would love to hear first just about what it's like being a pastor in Kenora and maybe how does that compare? Because you did uh, many years of ministry in Jamaica as a, as a pastor in Jamaica um, before yes. coming to Canada. So I'd love to hear sort of what some of the uh, differences is or, or how does it compare to to your former ministry in Jamaica what that was like what it's like now well Christianity on a whole in, in North America and in Canada and in Kenora is very much different from it is in Jamaica um, the the Jamaica is 98 99% a Christian country so mm. the way the way people respond there to the church is very different from here. Um, Kenora is a is a is a smaller community, but has many churches. But one of the one of the um, common dynamics among the, the the many probably 30, 31 churches that are here. Um, the last time I, I saw that that that, that number um, is that these are small churches, very small churches, mm-hmm. maybe. Yep. Maybe all of us are under 50 members, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, m- maybe most of us between 30 and, and 50 members. But the, 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 the life of the church in Kenora is, is, very, is very positive. It is very visible and very community-oriented. And, and that is in large part because we have a very active ministerial that mm. interfaces with the community. And, and um, it, it has many similarities with the situations in Jamaica. Uh, mm-hmm. The social struggles in Jamaica are somewhat the same as the social struggles in Kenora, where mm-hmm. there are lots of um, people who have problems with addictions. There is a homeless struggle here. There, the, the, the homeless population here probably in the last uh, year and a half has tripled because, oh, wow. you know, people are moving from the reserves trying to get closer to town where the better schools are where the hospital is where you know they can do shopping and so forth and then when they when they come to town you know they somehow end up in a homeless situation where they don't have homes and that is a common situation that exists in jamaica as well and so Mm -hmm. that presents uh um what you would call a, a situation for the church to engage in uh, most of the churches in Kenora, in some way, whether through the Kenora Fellowship Center or through the missions that are run by other churches, get involved with the homeless struggle, you know? Right. And so we, we, we have a, a, a really direct opportunity to cater for those who, are, who find themselves in, in, in these, in these um, social situations where they struggle and have have fallen along the wayside. So, so although, uh, you know, like other places in North America, the church itself struggles in terms of membership. The whole visibility and witness of the church is still alive and well because there are so many people who need to be catered for on a day-to-day yeah. basis because of the social, social struggles they are facing. 
Right. And I think like a lot of people maybe don't realize that, especially in small communities like Kenora, a lot of times it's the churches that are actually, that are the ones on the front lines of, of helping, of really helping the poor in, in the area. I mean, that, that same thing happens in the big cities, but then there's also in the big cities, there's also a higher level, there's bigger numbers, but there's also a higher level of organization Yes. And, um, yeah. and other resources, right? And here, I think oh, yeah. in Kenora, you see especially it's the it's the people in the churches who are the ones who yes. are right there um, oh, trying yeah. to figure out how do they help those in need in their community. Oh, um, yeah. That happens everywhere, but I think yeah. just it gets a, you know even more more so in those small communities. And I think people don't realize that that that's what's going on in our small in our small towns. Oh yeah, in 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 Kenora, um, Matthew, we like. Probably four months ago, the city has just taken over the emergency shelter, for instance. You know, mm-hmm. that used to be run by the, um, for, for the past maybe six, seven years, run by the um, fellowship center owned by the Presbyterian Church here in Canada. Right. Um, right. When you look also at the, the, the soup kitchens, the food banks, all of those are run by churches. There is not yeah. one government agency here that runs a soup kitchen or a food bank. Um, They may collect stuff, you know, like the banks, the supermarkets, the recreation center, they collect stuff. But Mm -hmm. in the end, they all go to one of these church-run institutions who cater for the needs of these people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think that's great for people to know about that. And we don't always get to hear those stories um, because I think a lot of times the, the church story can be dominated by the bigger, the bigger places, right? Definitely. Um, so it's important to be able to share that, uh, share that with people. Um, yes. I also just, to, so that people get an idea of, uh, you know, probably not everybody's going to run out and get a map and figure out where, where Kenora is, um, right. <laughs> but, but it's uh, like, it's a small town, but it's also, it's kind of the biggest place for men, for a long way, right? Like they're oh, yeah. like, Oh Yeah. Winnipeg is probably the, you know, you're how far from Winnipeg? Is it uh, two We're and a half hours? Two, 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 284 kilometers there about yeah. from, so from Winnipeg. So, so a two and a half hour drive most, most times. When, yeah, when and the roads really are that's, the, that's the only large center that is close to Kenora, right? So it, it is, it is. You, you act as a regional place as well, particularly for reserves and, and others who might be living in the area. Um, oh yeah, Kenora is a bit of a regional a regional hub uh, for that area. It's a small population, but it's uh, um, it is. But the mini- but the ministry you're doing and some of the other churches are doing there is is really needed. Um, it is a so small small membership, but but a great need. Um, oh, so yeah. I really appreciate what you're doing. Oh, um, thank you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. So I, and it's interesting to hear that there's some similarities with. Uh, with Jamaica as well, because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting you to say, oh, it's totally different. But uh, <laughs> there's some similarities, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, well, different in terms of how, you know, people respond to the gospel, you know, mm, uh, yeah. about how, how a church size, for instance, um, the, 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 the churches I've pastored in Jamaica, none of them had under 200 members, you know, right. um, and, and so, so that is that is different. They, 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 the whole the whole mission and outreach of the church as well is different, because 
it was about two weeks ago, I was focusing on the fact that no church in Jamaica would spend a whole year and not have an evangelistic crusade, you know? Right. And, and, and when we talk about um, spirituality, that was one of the things that, that kind of drove my spirituality as a pastor, you know, mm. because it got me engaged with the struggles of the people. Not only that, it got me out into the street where, you know, I, I, I not only saw struggles, but also made an attempt to somehow use the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to guide, you know, to guide me as to, okay, how now do we help um, these people who are struggling find a way, you know? Right. So, so when I, when I got to Portmore, for instance, which it was my last pastorate in Jamaica, we were like a stone's throw from what you called a hip strip in Port Henderson, where right. prostitutes used to gather. You know, right. they used to gather there, young, old men, women. That's where they gathered on a nightly basis. And can you imagine that my church found a ministry there, you know, mm-hmm. where we went among these people. We prayed for them, you know. Mm-hmm. We might not have been able to save um, any of them from that kind of lifestyle, you know. But one of the things that was, what was, that was very touching for me and, and, and lifted my spirits and kept me engaged in ministry was the fact that we saw a need there, you know. Mm-hmm. And like Jesus, we went among them. We never, we never stayed where we were, you know, our, our big church across the river, you know, right. uh, and, and called them in. But we went out. We went out, a group of us. We took other pastors and we went into, into uh, you know, where they worked and we prayed for them, you know. Mind you, some of them were half naked, you know. Mm-hmm. We we couldn't probably, you know, touch them and so forth. But we went and we prayed. And and believe me, Matthew, it, it made a difference. It made a big difference that as the church, they called out those who were called to bring the gospel to others, you know. Right. It made a right. difference in how the church itself saw itself spiritually and mm-hmm. how it actually grew spiritually. And right. for me, right. that was a big driving force, you know, that kept me going because that that's what spirituality spirituality is for me, you know, how mm-hmm. how you keep your life energized uh, as as someone engaged in doing God's work, you know, hmm. yeah. what, what keeps us energized? What's our fuel, for instance, you know? Yeah, it sounds uh, like like there's two things you're talking about. One is um sort of the act of service, actually being among real people and, yeah. um, and not like, I think sometimes people think of spirituality as sort of, it's only internal and it's just me and God and it's private. And, and I, you know, don't talk to me. Don't, like I don't want to be involved with anything. Um, but it's just my own thing. Um, but you're talking about actually what, what, ends up fueling a relationship with God or a walk with God is actually being out there doing like, yes, it, you need some fuel to do God's work. But then also when you do God's work, that, that also helps you like that helps you grow spiritually as well. Oh, like, yeah. I think you pro- we oh, can yeah. talk a bit about, you might need to recharge from that um, and uh, spend time in prayer or yourself and, and have that quiet time. I think that's important. 
But I it think is. it's equally important to say, well, acts of service are actually part of spirituality. Oh, yeah. Um, but you started by using a, a term that probably Canadians and maybe Americans are going to not really want to hear that term. Uh, <laughs> you started by saying evangelistic crusades. And, uh, and, and I, think, I, I think right away, some people who might be listening are thinking, oh, evangelistic crusades, like that's not what I'm <laughs> listening to my the spirituality podcast for. Yeah, um, who is yeah. this guy? Um, because that's just not something that is, like you said, um, that would be normal in Jamaica in, in that context, yeah. but, uh, but using that, those kinds of terms and talking about that in Kenora or probably anywhere in Canada, people are going to say, uh, no, like people are going to get, uh, worried about yeah. those kinds of words, right? Like we get scared by the word evangelism. Crusade, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We don't want to use those terms. So how, like, how has that been a change for you as well? Just, uh, sort of that, that context being that different and, and trying to figure out, well, how do we, like what language are we speaking in in North America that is helpful for people and not yeah. not kind of turning them off to Christianity as well? Yeah, you're right because you know um, using that terminology in Jamaica would be common for any anyone any Jamaican who hears that would know right away what you're talking about. You know, they, right. they, and they might be excited about it, thinking, "Oh, we're having one! Great, let's go!" Oh yeah. And in the Canada, tent, that would they, have the opposite effect, right? Yeah, the tent meeting. Yeah. You know, so yeah. language itself, uh, the, the, the language itself, the, the terminologies, the way you communicate, it has been different. You know, and I've had mm-hmm. to learn over time. I've had to learn over time. You know how how to communicate with with. Um, my my congregants, those who I meet on the street, because right away when you say some things, you would know right away that you're not connecting, you know. And I, I you know, at first, at first, I had a big difficulty um, getting into the whole um, Canadian terminology, language, and how that transfers from my my life in Jamaica, my pastoral work in Jamaica, to my life and pastoral work in Canada. But over time. You know, it has it has it has come full circle, and I'm I think I'm at a place now where you know you know you know how to describe and yeah. and determine yeah. what you're about and and what you mean. You know not as, how you say what easy. you mean to say. Yeah, it's not as easy as just putting a at the end of your sentences. No, <laughs> you no, it's, no, no, it's <laughs> not. Or, yeah. But or I not hear fantastic in things. Spanish, you know. Yeah, right. I hear fantastic things about your ministry in Kenora, so I, I know you're doing you're doing great work there. Um, oh yeah, I would love to hear uh, a little bit about your own uh, spiritual life, your own spiritual practices, and what you yeah. do uh, to stay connected to God, um, both as a pastor, but just as uh, as a follower of Jesus, as a husband or a father. Um, yeah, and I know family is important to you. Um, so, what what does your spiritual practice look like or consist of? Well, lots of I I, I stay connected um, through my devotions, you know, through prayer, consistent prayer. One one of the things that I've grown to realize and I've um, grown to not divorce from my 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 life over time is this attitude and lifestyle of devotion and prayer, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, for me, that's, that's what, that's what 
keeps me grounded spiritually. My, my, that's what keeps me connected to God, my consistent prayer life, you know? Right. And it just doesn't mean coming home on a day off and, you know, okay, let me have some devotions now, you know? In, in fact, I spend, I spend uh, probably three quarters of my day now, you know, um, just in prayer. And it does not have to be organized prayer where you say, okay, you, 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 you begin with the thanks and then you go down, you know, the, 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 the Christian way down, you know, to pray for the world and so forth. But, right. you know, prayer for me is, you know, keeping in tune, keeping that, that communication line open between you and God where, you know, you, you may not even have anything specific to talk to God about, but you're talking to God. And I've, I've so when you say that, like three quarters of your day, are you meaning like as you go through your day, as I go doing other things, like involved in all kinds of things? You, oh yeah, you have prayer kind of going on. Oh yeah, um, is that what you mean? Yes, yes. So right. rather than you haven't you haven't set aside three quarters of of your day and you're sitting in in uh, in your in the church or you're sitting in no in, in just your office or study and just praying for you know no six hours straight or something like that. That's not what you're talking about, right? It's how no. you go throughout your day. As I, as I go throughout my day, you know, so, yeah, yeah. uh, I, I'll be driving to Winnipeg, you know, and right. for maybe, maybe, maybe five years ago when I was on a long drive, I'd listen to some music, you know, mm-hmm. I'd probably think of, Oh, who have I not spoken to for a long while? You know, and I'd, I'd, uh, put their number on the phone, I'd call them and I'd put on the Bluetooth and I'd chat for two and a half hours driving. These days, I, I don't do that, you know? Mm. I, I, I talk to God. There, there are so many things to talk to God about, you know? Mm. Um, there are so many things in the world that, that, you know, have really hit home for me, you know, um, how, you know, people have been, you know, mistreated, marginalized, in my own country, there are so many social struggles people are going through, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I should list, Matthew, the, the, the many people who text or call or email me each day to say they need prayer for something, the book, the book that I have could not hold it, you know. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's always so much to pray about, you know. And when you talk about not only people, but you're talking about your ministry. The church itself is going through so much struggles. And so my consolation is praying about it because there there are so many things that the church is going through in in Canada, you know, Uh, decline, not only that, but challenges, you know, Uh, not wanting to change, not wanting to engage with, you know, sharing Jesus's gospel and so forth. My consolation, you know, the only consolation I can find is just talking to God about it. Because if you beat yourself up about it or if you try to change it by force, it's not going to work. So my consolation and and what keeps me grounded and what keeps me, you know, hopeful that, you know, it's, it's God's church. These are God's people. And God will find a way is talking, talking to God. So 
I, I, I hope that explains a bit about my spending most of my time, yeah, you know, yeah, in, in, in per, you know, because for sure. Like, I think it's kind of making sure that it, it's at the front of your mind rather than the, in the back of your mind, if that makes sense. Like, definitely. Um, so it's kind of your first place to go instead yes. of like, I think I've gone through times where I, well, lots of the time go through times where, um, the prayer ends up being the last resort as opposed to the first, the first, the yeah. first place. Yeah. And I think you're talking about that's, that's first in your life. That and is, then, it you is. know, and then after, you know, after you've prayed for a while driving in the car, you know, maybe you, you've received a bit of peace through that. And it's like, Oh, maybe I'll listen to music for 15 minutes or 20 minutes oh, yeah. for, for now, you know, um, yeah. rather than the other way around. And then thinking, Oh, I've got myself in a mess. I better pray about this. Oh yeah, it's, it's always putting that as the first thing, and uh, and I think that's really important for people to hear. It um, is. You you said as well that uh, a div- like a consistent devotion and prayer. Like, is there a difference between devotion and prayer? Like, what would you say is uh, devotions? Is that well? well pro- probably I should have said devotional because yeah, okay. It- you know, um, so, so, you know, we have the Presbyterian devotional that comes, yeah. you know, and, um, I, I try my best to find I guess resources. I'm, I guess I'm looking for, uh, like if there are any particular resources that you found helpful, like if there's, um, something oh, yeah. that you found helpful that, that you could recommend to other people too. Oh yeah. Um, there are, you know, uh, these days, every, every Bible, uh, every Bible, website you go on has a devotional <laughs> and, and, and you know you know matthew i i i couldn't tell when i have my bible on uh, on in my office here probably i have maybe seven printed versions different versions mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but te- having technology at your fingertips you know these days when i go down to the fellowship center to do, to do a devotion for them to do you know, a service or to do a prayer, I, I have it on my phone, you know? Right. So I end up downloading all these Bibles on my phone and every single one of them, Bible Hub, Bible Gateway, um, Source of Life, all of them comes with a devotional. And mm-hmm. I find myself loving loving the word so much these days that I just read all of them, you know? Yeah, I may not... Or as many as I can. I might not yeah. spend an hour each morning doing it, but as I go throughout the day, you know, uh, you know, as I sit over maybe having lunch, you know, I might go through two of them, and I find that it it feeds it feeds my soul so much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I might miss a few, you know, because of what you have to do on a daily basis, yeah. but these dev- these devotionals. You know, they, 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 because they are so scriptural, you know, and mm-hmm. mind you, you might not agree with every take that a, <laughs> that a writer takes on a scripture, you know, right. but the fact is you're reading these scriptures with an, ob- with an objective mind. And as, mm-hmm. as a lover of God's word, you know, you read it and you take it for what it is and you allow it to feed you in probably simple ways, you know, yeah. other than having not reading it any at all 
you know yeah, yeah. so 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 that's where the devotion part comes from you know it's these it's yeah. these online um tools that that and again you maybe not maybe at first i didn't deliberately you know take up my thing and say okay let's let me google what um the 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 best devotional is you know or mm-hmm. something you know but you 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 begin you begin reading the scripture and from that it one thing leads to the other and mm-hmm. um you get these devotionals one of the things i also do is i have a group i have a group of friends that you know we network together and they share they share positive stories positive thoughts um from the bible and stuff that they read you know from others you know mm. the john pipers they love them you know <laughs> they may not be my favorite right um writers but they may be favorite writers of some of my my best friends you know right. and they yep. flood those on to me and i don't ignore them i read them you know mm. uh the rick warrens you know the td td jakes you know again I might be a Calvinist in nature, you know? Yeah. So I might prefer, I might prefer the Karl Barth, you know? And I might yeah. prefer the Paul Tillichs of this world, you know? Yeah. The Will Willimons, you know, I might prefer those kind of writers, you know? So I read, while I read those, those, those and, and get entrenched and deep in them, I still take, the, the the readings from the the John Pipers that my friends send on to me, you know, sure. I, I still take the the T D Jakes, you know, I I I still take um, the John Hages and so forth, mm-hmm. and I I read all these. I get I I get in read all these because I find what it does, Matthew, is it helps you to have a deep appreciation for the fact that people are still engaging themselves in wanting to know more about Christ, you know, and whether it's from a, a, an probably an evangelical world or from a more conservative world, you know, you, you, you have an appreciation for the fact that at least you have a network of people that are arming themselves. Well, maybe a a strong, too much of a strong word to use, but are, you know, are, are engaging themselves in, in the word whereby they can they can have enough tools to to to, to go by even even when they come to people who they need to minister to. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's really good. Like especially the the thing about technology and that there's so much at our fingertips. Like I think your approach is great. Like just okay, as things come to me and as I find them, I will engage with them and I'll see what I can learn, what I can take. There's you're not going to agree with everything. Um, yeah. But I think some people can get overwhelmed by, okay, I've downloaded six Bible apps and I'm supposed to have a reading plan and I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed yes. to be reading all this stuff. And it's just like, oh, this is too much. And it's just more noise, the same as all the other noise that's in their life. Like they were also watching Netflix and oh, <laughs> yeah. trying to keep oh, up yeah. with all their, all their shows. And like, I think it can sometimes be overwhelming. So I think you've got to, like, I like your attitude and your positivity towards it because I know some others who are just, oh, it's, it's too much to, to handle. Yeah. Uh, but I think part of that is probably because you're focused on prayer and, and putting that first. Like, that's so important, is that the relationship with God and 
because I, I really believe as well that the, your relationship with God is kind of starts um, in, in prayer. Um, it does. And I think you'd agree with me as well that scripture, uh, there has to be a grounding in scripture itself. Like, yes. We, yes. for me, I don't think we should be reading um, what everyone else is saying about scripture and never reading scripture. I never read a scripture itself. <laughs> like, exactly. We, we should, we should also be reading, reading the scriptures. So I think if those are your starting places, then I think then you have the ability to say, well, I'll read one or two other things. And maybe, maybe you just, maybe it's just one for somebody or maybe someone like yourself who will read a lot, um, can can read a whole bunch of things and that's helpful for you. Uh, but I, I, I don't want people to think that they have to do that. Um, but I think starting with prayer and with scripture is, is really, really important. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are the those are the two most critical things for 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 my life and 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 you know over time I remember I remember I remember how I used to see spirituality as a young as a young Christian you know mm. or a young yeah. pastor for instance you know you used to see it in a in a in a certain light where okay it's probably for a select few you know yeah. and so I always look up to the older guys and say oh you know. You are the spiritual guys, you know, but then, you know, Matthew, over time, over time, you begin to realize that, you know, look, as, as long as you, uh, have a desire to have a relationship with Jesus, you know, and as long as that relationship is going to grow because all relationships, they begin at one point, they grow and, you know, they mature and they reach a certain point where you assess them and you realize that, oh, you need to, you need to grow closer, you know, even in our marriages, you know, you, 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 you need to, you need to go here. You need to improve here. And so, such is our relationship with Christ. And, and mine has improved over time. You know, it may, it may not be half where I want it to be, but I believe over time, you know, you know, the, these two important maxims, the scripture, and uh, my prayer life have grown to the point where, for me, they have become the most important aspects of my relationship with God, you know? Right. I think, like, for me, like, I, anyone, I, I kind of feel like Christians, a lot of times we have, we have sort of misconceptions about what spirituality even is. And I think who so. it's for, like you're yeah. saying. I, I had something similar. It wasn't necessarily... Um, uh, I felt like, well, it's not really for me, like spirituality, even when I was in seminary, I felt like, well, spirituality is not really for me. Like I like church and I like structure thing, structure things. And I like music, but I never really connected music to spirituality for some reason. Yeah. And I used to think it was more like, I thought it was more like, uh, kind of floaty, like up in the air. Uh, yes. It doesn't really mean very much. Isn't very, isn't, isn't really real. Um, and, uh, and so I've had to learn and get over that misconception. Um, oh yeah. And, and to realize, Oh, actually spirituality is much more all encompassing and it is grounded and it is real. And everyone has a spirituality, whether they really think they do or not. That's right. Um, and, uh, and so then I, th- part of it is about being intentional then about, uh, about how are you living out this relationship with, with Christ and, yeah. um, and are you going to, are you actually going to choose to read scripture? Are you going to choose to pray? 
and then what other supports get put in place to, to enable you to keep doing that. Um, like you yes. said, like devotionals um, are a big thing or acts of service. Like we talked about at the beginning might be things that you might be prompted to do that out of your devotion and out of your, out of your prayer, but it also might feed back in. It should, it does feed back in uh, to support those things, to support your spirituality when you're out there with people and serving people. Yeah. I think that uh, that also stretches you and changes how, how you understand your relationship with Christ because you meet Christ in those other people. You, you, you do. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know, the, the way in which the church has had to function, Matthew has, has also changed so much where, where, you know, probably those days are not totally gone where, People, you know, in large part, just focused on their intellect, you know. Yeah. And okay, because I'm a brilliant banker, then that makes me a great churchman, you know. Or, you know, because I'm a brilliant doctor, I'm brilliant. I'm a brilliant lawyer, or a brilliant teacher. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm 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 great at stuff. I I'm, I'm a great church person, you know. Yeah. That kind of thing I realize is changing. Where, you know. It is taking more. It is taking more of a uh, of people who are more in tune with their spiritual life, you know. And again, you talk about reading the word and uh, you know being able to pray. I, I never thought that I would meet Christians who are actually admitting that they are learning to pray. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I never thought that that day would come. <laughs> Well, Matthew, I, I've met so many Christians, you know, since coming here four years ago, you know, who have said, you know, I remember standing in a group, in a group once, and and I just asked a lady to pray, not knowing that it it wasn't something that was common here, you know. I think I've come to your church and I've I've heard you ask your elders, so who's gonna pray this morning? And someone started praying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I asked a lady in the group to pray, and oh, she 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 prayed, you know, she prayed. And the next lady looked at me, pulled me back while we were coming out of the room, and said, "Don't ever do that with me. I can't pray like that, you know." Right. And and it just struck me that not everybody is like you know on the spot you know, per person. And, and, and actually talking to that person, we have a beautiful relationship. So we spoke afterwards, you know, and she said, you know, you know, I'm, I must admit, and I can admit this to you as a friend, I'm just learning to pray. It, it's just that this whole matter of spirituality has really become more personal for, for a lot of people lately, just mm-hmm. because of the fact that the church has had to change what it does and how it goes about what it does so much in in these probably the fa- past maybe ten or fifteen years, you know. Well, and I think I think maybe churches and and Christians are having to, um, at least in Canada, a lot of people are dealing with a very very small number of people who are now in church in in many of our churches and a lot of yes. small churches, and so I think people are having to deal with the question of well, why are we really here? Yes. Um, like it's not as obvious anymore. Like it isn't just, well, we've got, you know, 50 kids in our Sunday school. And so we're here for our kids. And now it's, yeah. you know, you have churches where you're down to 20, 30 people. Yes. And so they're either 
just going to move towards we're dwindling away and we close or the ones who kind of start to revitalize in a way, they start to ask that question of, well, what are we really doing? What are we really about? Oh, if we're really about Jesus, then, then what does that mean? And then how, like, how are we really living that out in our lives? And so that starts to get to the questions of, well, we need to pray or people may even start to pray out of desperation for the sake of the church as well. Just thinking, well, we don't know what to do. So we'll turn to God. Finally, you know, maybe we should have turned to God 25, 30 years ago, but that's the great thing about God is God doesn't mind, you know, whenever we, whenever you turn to him, he's he's welcoming, welcoming you with open arms. So, um, you're, you're talking a little bit about too, about what some people might be struggling with. Um, or I'm wondering like, what, what do you say to somebody who, um, is maybe, maybe they're saying like, I've heard this a few times where people will, um, will say that they don't really feel God's presence or they don't really Mm -hmm. feel like they, they believe they, and they intellectually they're, they're there. And, uh, but, but they don't really feel that, that God is with them. Like, how do you, what do you advise that person? Like, how do you, how do you help them through that? The, the the fact is the fact is Matthew. So many of us are, I'd want to say, feeling for God's presence, which probably is not a good approach. You know, that's great. <laughs> you know, if you if you are if you are feeling for God's presence, then 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 that that boils down to some misunderstanding that we may have as to who God really is, you know, Hmm. about God's omnipotence, you know. The fact is, every single thing I, I, I do, I realize that God's presence is there with me. I, I have, I, 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 I've looked at, I am, you know, when, when, when God spoke to Israel and said, said to them about, you know, I am, that I am. I once looked at that and and it changed my perspective about where I expect to feel God or where I ex- expect to s- see God or how I expect to experience God. Right. Because for me, when I looked at the whole I am phrase, you know, it is that God is wherever you want him to be, you know? And in in our in our Christian lives, we have to live it out like that. You know, I'm a sportsman, for instance. My, in fact, my favorite um, team is playing the Super Bowl on Sunday, the Patriots. And okay, but well, we won't I, argue about that. So no, but I, pray, <laughs> I, I, I the, the, the point I'm making is that I, I, I'm I, I, I see God even involved in my sporting life. You know, right. wherever I am at the gym. Yeah, the Lord is there with me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna feel God pushing me on that treadmill. By the way, my heart is tearing out when I'm running that five miles, right? But I, I, I believe that God is there with me. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the, the whole feeling for God sometimes, you know, kind of gets us spooked, and and the minute we begin to feel as if okay, we're standing all alone, then we begin to wonder. Is God really here with me? You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Everywhere we because are. Because I felt it. Yeah. Or you might have felt something once. Once. Or before in a kind of mountaintop experience. And then yeah. you think, well, where is God? Because now I don't feel it. I don't feel yeah, that I, way. You know? I'm with you. I think it's really slippery ground um, it, to get into that. It's um, shaky I think, ground. I think also there's corners of the church that have almost made the experience of God into an idol. Um, yes. That, that, that what we are really after is an experience of God rather than just knowing that God is, God is there. Yes. Um, yeah. And so when that's happened, we've kind of said, well, that's the ultimate thing is that we, that we're looking to experience God. And maybe it's just cause we're in an experience culture. Like we want to experience all kinds of things. Um, oh, have, yeah. we're trying to create feelings. Um, but I think feelings kind of need to come naturally. Like it's, it's sort of like you use marriage as an analogy. And I use that all the time with our relationship with Christ. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I, like I, I had a certain feeling on my wedding day when my wife walked down the aisle. But I don't have that feeling every single day. Not no. the same one. You know, I have certain yeah. feelings about my wife. Yes. But, you know, sometimes we're arguing. Sometimes we're, you know, just doing the dishes. Sometimes, like, but it's not like, it's not as we're doing the dishes, I'm thinking, oh, my bride walking down the aisle. Like, that's oh, a different feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think we have feelings with God. And I think we can experience God's presence, to, but to make that the the goal and the norm, I think is a real, I think that's a real problem. Like we are in really difficult territory. It's a slippery um, And for slope. me, I think, I think God is actually the one in control of that. Exactly. Um, I don't think exactly. we are. Um, so I think when we do get something that is maybe a, uh, an experience of God that is, it's almost supernatural. Like it's, it's, um, you know, you feel something tangible. Yeah. Uh, I think those are gifts rather than I'm going to go and seek after that. You know, I want that, you know, I want that more in my life. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go get that more and more and more. Uh, I I'd rather see that as, wow, you know, God gave that to me. Like I've had a few times in my life where I have experienced the presence of God um, in a real kind of, in, in a real way, like something coming over me. Oh yeah. Um, and uh but but now I kind of try to look at those as gifts rather than things that I that I want to chase after. And actually, I honestly can't imagine living my life in that kind of state, <laughs> you know, every single day. Exactly. Uh, I'd never get anything done. So I don't think high. God wants You'd that. You'd be on a high all day, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I think to kind of reassure, like I th- I find this reassuring, like what you're saying, to reassure people, you know, God is with you, always you feel anything or not. Yes. Um, yeah. And, uh, and if God is going to give you an experience of his presence, um, then receive it. That's, that's great, but that's exactly. not necessarily the norm and it's not necessarily an expectation of what you're, what you're going to have. Um, and exactly. it's not a requirement or a necessity for a relationship with, with Jesus. Not at um, all. Yeah. Not at all. I think that's really good, Jermaine. That's, that's great. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. About oh, my pleasure, Matthew. Yeah, thanks My so pleasure. much, Jermaine. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. God, God bless your ministry. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thank, thank you. Take care. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Don't forget to check out the show notes at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com 
There you can sign up to get the free short guide called Six Tips to Get Consistent in Connecting with God. And when you do that, you'll also get the latest updates and news from the blog, plus book announcements and anything else I may be working on. So head over to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and sign up. Thanks for listening today and take care.